We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans welcome into another edition of the pack a day podcast it is the end of day two presumably the end of day two as we break down the nfl draft and the selections the green bay packers made right now we are actually on pick 83 it looks like the denver broncos just selected riley moss safety from iowa um cool thing about this right now is if there is any trades the packers trade up we'll react live to it and probably all freak out but other than that it is time to break down the three selections that the green bay packers had with myself matt fralick of course rob rieger and eli berkovitz uh to get into it right away boys packers started the day with pick 42 45 and 78 42 stood still they made a selection there obviously with luke musgrave oregon state tight end uh they like i said started a day with 45 traded that selection to the lions for the 48 picks so they traded back and picked up a fifth round pick 158 of this year uh coincidentally the lions went and selected brian branch kind of solidifying the back end of that secondary that they had some transactions throughout this offseason and trying to sure that defense up now with uh i guess we uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson back there now with Brian Branch, kid of Alabama, who we previewed a couple weeks ago at that safety spot. Uh, they then took that 48 pick, didn't want to use that selection at all, 
traded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who went and selected Cody Motch. I know that was uh, Rob Rieger's guy, missing two front teeth, North Dakota State kid. Um, looks like he's going to be probably a starter down there right away for the Buccaneers. And they were moved back to 50 and got pick 178. So a little stockpiling there from Goody. I kind of expected, just based off of where 42 and 45 kind of were to start the day, they would do some sort of transaction. You know, some people I had had talked to thought they'd maybe trade up a little bit with those picks or etc. But ultimately they did trade back, get some equity there, and then end up making that selection at 78. But boys, just to recap, um, real quickly, we'll start. Pick 42 is Luke Musgrave, as I said, tight end out of Oregon State. They get a pass catcher. They address that uh, offensive need for the you know, the new offense that is under the Jordan Love era. Pick 50 ended up being Jaden Reed. Michigan State receiver, about six foot. Uh, we'll get into him right away. And then pick 78 that just occurred was another tight end, which I think was a little bit of a shock to me. I thought they'd at least go two out of three weapons um, for day two, but they select Tucker Craft, South Dakota State tight end. So I'm excited to break these down. The first one I'm going to start with, uh, normally I start with Rob because I feel like you know it, it makes sense because he's a guest on the draft episodes, but Eli, I think it makes sense to start with you on pick 42. Luke Musgrave was kind of your guy, and you were. I saw a couple tweets you had this morning just about mock drafts, uh, the, how today would go, and Musgrave, I think, was on every single one of those screenshots. So I got to start with you and how you think the Oregon State Beaver tight end can translate into this offense for Gutekunst and Jordan Love and et cetera, and this new offensive regime. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Love the pick right off the bat at 42. Like you said, I've just been – begging for this offense in general to be addressed, but tight end in specific. And as much as I had hopes for round one, I never really let myself believe that that was going to happen there. And I knew 42 and four, you know, the second day two was going to be the day to target the offense. And right off the bat, Luke Musgrave, definitely one of my favorite tight ends in the draft and someone that not only myself, but I think many believe has maybe the highest upside of anyone in this draft, maybe maybe below Kincaid, but very, very high upside, just a good receiving tight end, which I feel like the Packers, you know, they love their blocking tight ends and whether it's been Mercedes Lewis or going back all the way to Richard Rogers, like wasn't a great receiving threat by any stretch. Luke Musgrave is definitely that he can run routes. He can make plays after the catch. He's 6'6", 253. So massive, massive human being, but still very fluid in the way he runs and I just I think he can fit into Matt LaFleur's offense perfectly. We know how much he wants to use tight ends. And this is someone who can go and actually make plays for him and make plays for Jordan Love and be that safety blanket that we everyone talks about with inexperienced quarterbacks. They want that tight end they can rely on. And Luke Musgrave is going to be exactly that for them. So I'm very excited about it. And, you know, a lot of very similar body type, actually, to Jermichael Finley. So big guy. And I think they saw, let's be real, the last tight end for the Packers has been Jermichael Finley, and that was about a decade ago. It was time to get someone in there that can make a serious difference in the passing game, and that, to me, is absolutely Luke Musgrave. I think he has a ton of upside. Very exciting pick for, you know, kind of saying, Jordan Love, our biggest weapon for you, our first piece for you, Luke Musgrave, big move at tight end, very excited. 
Yeah, absolutely. Address the big concern that is that tight end room. We've been talking about it as we led up to the draft, and a lot of people have just like where they are right now with DeGuara and Tyler Davis. Obviously, Tunyon leaving, Mercedes Lewis more than likely retiring unofficially yet, but needing to address that tight end locker room. You mentioned Jermichael Finley. Um, Musgrave does take over that 88 jersey, which has some really, really good pedigree um, from the lineage of tight ends for the Green Bay Packers. So uh, he is a more of a traditional pass catcher, unlike, you know, Josiah DeGuaro, who they drafted a couple of years ago. Um, I'm excited to see what Musgraves can do. Ultimately, too, he has great, great bloodlines, family members. His dad played in the NFL. His I believe his uh, his uncle played in the NFL. Uh, the one concern that I kind of want to ask Rob on is obviously we you know you look at his stat line from this year and you're like wow he only caught so many balls or whatever and it's because you know he tore his or hurt his MCL hurt his knee in I believe it was week three or end of uh, the second week of the season so he didn't play a lot in 2022 um, I guess Rob I'll start with you how much of a concern is that knee it does seem like in his press conference he kind of said things are good but ultimately, should that be any of a concern going into this offseason for the Packers as they try to get Luke Musgrave up to speed? And kind of your thoughts on the kid coming over and getting a target for Jordan Love, a safety blanket like Eli mentioned. Sure. I mean, the thing the thing is with him, um, it was a singular injury. It's not a lingering injury. He got it taken care of. Um, and he had actually started out really hot on the season. He had 11 mm-hmm. catches for 169 yards in like a game and a half for them. So he was on fire to start the season. Um, I love this pick. I think that he has probably, as Eli said, the biggest upside out of all the tight ends in this draft. When you watch him run, it almost looks like he's gliding down the field, and he's so fluid in all his movements. Believe it or not, he was a champion uh, snow skier <laughs> as, as a youth. So like, he has that agility. He can jump. I mean, when you look at his RAS score, his athletic score, it's 9.77. But the numbers that really stand out to me are his 10-yard split of 1.54, which led all tight ends, and his broad jump of 10-5, or 10-0-5. So, in other words, he has explosiveness, he has speed, he has very good hands, soft hands. And one of the things that was brought up to me a couple times is they said, well, where's the production? Which is, you know, kind of a concern, but if when you look at the Oregon State offense, it was definitely very run-heavy centric. And he also did not get any favors from his quarterback. So that's one of the things with tight end is that you need to have a quarterback to deliver you the ball. And if you don't, it's very difficult to get catches. And also their offense in general was, like I said, very, very run heavy. So, I mean, I feel like, I mean, injuries, is he injury prone? I don't think so. It might have just been an isolated incident. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. But in general, I was really excited about this pick. I'm looking at these guys. I want the Packers to pick guys that have the potential to be pro bowlers, to have the potential to be all pros. And this guy, from a physical standpoint, nothing would hold him back from that. He matches up with all the top tight ends in the league. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement right now as far as just what the upside could be with Musgraves. I think, you know, you look at some of the tight end run that happened right before the Packers go. Uh, Laporta goes, obviously Meyer goes today. There's another one that I'm omitting that I think might have gone as well. Um, obviously, Darnell Washington didn't go. It's becoming more to light that uh, some injury concerns. Rob talked about it before we started recording, just those foot injuries that they're concerned about. He's still yet to be selected, I believe, as we're recording right now, and we're on pick uh, 87 for what I'm seeing on my television. So 
Unfortunately, Darnell Washington is falling down and down the draft boards in the tight end room, but the Packers go and select a tight end that I think they can be very productive. Back to that injury, it, it there was some speculation that I was reading into that um, the Oregon State coaching staff almost said that like, they thought he was going to be cleared about a month after the injury. Luke Musgrave said, no, I'm not good to go. He ends up basically sitting out the rest of the season, does get medically cleared two weeks before the senior bowl competes down there. Um, you know, maybe there was some speculation from doctors that he probably should have done that, but he gutted through it, you know, whatever that means when you're going down for the senior bowl. Um, but ultimately he is a Green Bay Packer. I think he's gonna add a huge, huge piece to this offense, a you know, a prolific pass catcher at that tight end area where they really like Eli mentioned you say Jermichael Finley I'm like damn that seems like forever ago but when Josiah DeGuara really hasn't ever turned out to be a great pass catcher we know the what happened with Jay Sternberger there really hasn't been a drafted tight end that's been you know all worth it worth a hell like Robert Tunyon was solid but obviously undrafted guy comes over from you know you know off the street so I'm excited to see what he can do um, I think Musgrave should fit into this offense right away and definitely compete for the starting spot to be the starting tight end to go out and catch passes and get some consistency with Jordan Love. Um, so that leaves the Packers then, guys. Like we said, kind of already mentioned this. They started with Dave with 45, trade back, acquire 158, trade back again from that 48 spot to 50, and also acquire 178. And they go ahead and select J- Jaden Reed. Now, like I said, Luke Musgrave, it seemed like a consensus across the board. We're all in agreement on. I know there's a ton of people on Twitter that are pretty pumped about Musgrave. Rob, I'm going to start with you on Jaden Reed. I think sure. Jaden Reed was a player that you look at the you know look at the receiver class right, and there's a ton of receivers that went on Thursday. We had that r- middle run between you know Quentin Johnson, um, JSN, Jordan Addison, etc. Not in any particular order. Then we see a couple more go today. You know. Um, Hyatt, you know, Jalen Hyatt goes after the Packers selected. There's a ton, you know, Josh Downs goes later. There's a ton of, there's a ton of receivers that went. And I want to say Jaden Reed maybe wasn't the top of mind. I know he was one that I had heard considered that maybe could be a sleeper in this draft, but ultimately it seems like you were a little bit concerned about Jaden Reed, um, just, you know, his injury and his normal overall health. Some other things, just his style of play and where he kind of stacks up at the NFL level. I want you to get into that a little bit before we get Eli's take on Jaden Reed, the kid out of Michigan State, the receiver. Sure. So I've kind of talked myself into Jaden Reed. Um, you know, at first when they made the pick, I, I was kind of looking forward to a guy like Cedric Tillman. I felt like because of his size that he would be a guy that could really replace Alan Lazard because of the size and the and just the, the strength. Uh, but, you know, I've talked myself into Jade Reed, so I'm not going to rip the pick. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in that kind of wait and see mode. Uh, there are some things that definitely are concerning about him. Number one, um, he's not very big. He's only 5'10", 187. So he doesn't have um, – and, and what's kind of interesting about him is for a guy that looks the way that he looks – he doesn't really have a, a good vertical jump. I, I believe he jumped like 33 inches to go along with the 5'10". But, and it's a big but on this, when he is playing, he looks a lot faster on tape than he might on the, you know, when, when he does like, a, like his, his 40 is still good. It's 4.45, obviously. But he looks really quick when he's playing. I feel like he can be kind of that slot receiver that the team has been looking for. Maybe what they wanted Amari Rodgers to be, 
but he never was. And he's kind of, he seems like he's got that kind of dog in him that he really fights for the ball. He has strong hands. He has a ton of plays where it doesn't seem like he's in good position to make the catch, but he just out muscles the defensive back. He out jumps the defensive back. He finds a way to come down with the ball on plays that it really doesn't look like he should. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way that I look at it. He's also, um, you know, he's a big playmaker. He had, he had 30 touchdowns career. He had, I believe, 26 receiving touchdowns. He had one rushing touchdown. And he had three punt return touchdowns. So he's also a guy that kind of has that lateral quickness that you look for in a receiver. So although it's probably not my favorite pick, I mean, he's 23 years old, so he, he doesn't really fall into – the Brian Gutekunst pattern, but he might be that guy that sort of surprises people. Um, I just saw that he had uh, what's what's known as uh, explosive plays, which are 20 yard plus in his career. He had 46 of them. So he's a guy that can make big plays. He's very quick in and out of breaks and, you know, I'll turn it over to you guys. But uh, like I said, I've kind of talked myself into this pick, but at first I was a little concerned. Yeah, that's fair. And I think you, like you mentioned, Cedric Tillman was another receiver that, I think the Packers could have acquired. There's a ton of them that went today um, and on Thursday. And I think it's fair to have the reaction of like, this is the first receiver they select. Not, you know, doesn't get you super jacked up. I think there's some things that he can do very, very well. I love what you talked about before we started recording. What I hit on that is just like, you know, he had good contested catches in college, but being 5'11", you know, guys are going to have better ball skills at the DB position in you know, once you get to the pro. So I don't know how much of those contested catches you can, you know, continue to live off of at that height. I also think, you know, yeah, four, four, five is great, but also like they're talking about, he's like very, very quick off the line. So that football speed is a thing. I'm very excited though, about the versatility, right? You have Christian Watson right now. He can kind of be your straight line, you know, run a nine route, take the top off the defense. Romeo Dobbs, more possession receiver, where it seems like Jaden Reed, assuming once he gets the playbook down and the skill set down and, you know, the route tree, that he could play multiple receivers positions. That's my favorite thing and just that versatility. You, meant, you mentioned Amari Rodgers. Maybe this is the mulligan that is Amari Rodgers from that pick, and he can do a couple things. Um, Eli, you actually, when we were talking about Jaden Reed, had a little uh, tech issue. So I have no idea what your preference is on Jaden Reed. Maybe you hate Jaden Reed. Maybe you love him think he's the best pick. I'm excited to hear what you think about the Michigan State wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I will not say that I uh, hate him, and I'll not say that I love him, uh, much like Rob. You know, I, I did I did definitely see, you know, first off, I saw Reed as, like you said, someone that I thought they could target a little bit later than where they did, um, just from where I was seeing him being drafted, but that they could have targeted later, but I really did like when I watched him. And another thing that I think is important to remember about this draft is that overall, obviously, a weaker class, but not to say that it's a weak pick or anything, but the biggest thing was that after like those first four that really went in the first, there was so much discrepancy, like different, you know, no one really had the same rankings across so many different platforms. A lot of guys that were in and out mixed, jumbled up, up, down, because it was, it was hard to tell where, who's who. So I'm not like totally, I was, I was a bit surprised. I'm not gonna lie. Definitely when high was on the board, downs was on the board, Tillman was on the board, definitely a bit shocked but not shocked and like, oh my gosh, I hate this pick. And just looking at the way he plays, it just see, it's really exciting for me to see this kind of a weapon added to this offense because while Amari Rodgers might have been kind of the same role, I don't think he had 
like the kind of speed and also like that short area burst twitchiness that Reed seems to have. And when he has the ball in his hands, just electric. You know, we haven't had a lot of guys where he could catch an eight-yard curl, turn around, make a guy miss, and then make his safety miss 40 yards down the field, score a touchdown. Like Rob said, a lot of explosive plays. Love to see that. Very versatile. They could use him in jet sweeps in the backfield. He could even run the ball. I believe he had uh, 18 rush attempts. Well, it's not a ton, but for a receiver, that's not nothing. 18 rush attempts in college. In 2021, over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, over 17 yards per reception. This guy is a big play guy who can both line up in the slot and outside, as you mentioned, Matt, which I love. I really wanted a slot guy. I see no reason why he can't essentially predominantly be in the slot while also having the ability to kick out. And one thing, I mean, it's you just have to notice it when you're watching him, are those contested catches. And I do agree at his size and in the NFL level, I don't know if it's going to continue at the rate that we're seeing that we saw in college, but at a certain point, I do think a guy just has that mentality that, you know, go up and get the ball high pointed. That's the thing, you know, high pointing the ball. Not everyone's so great at that. He clearly is. So it's just, it's exciting. Once again, just like Musgrave, you know, back to back offense weapons, guys that Jordan Love immediately can look to and rely on. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, definitely thought like at the guys I mentioned earlier, Tillman, Hyatt, Downs would have been guys they liked more, but in this draft, you know, nothing really surprises me. And one thing I just have to say about him, when he spoke with the Green Bay media right after being drafted, I mean, I don't know if you guys are listening, but every like everyone who introduced themselves, he was like, Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm just so happy for this opportunity. I'm so appreciative. Like over and over, like just seemed like a really genuine good guy. And we know the Packers value that a ton. So I'm sure that was, you know, that was part of the pick as well. You know yeah. what he kind of reminds you of, guys? I, and this is a – I can't believe I'm saying this because this is a lot of pressure on him. But the way that he plays reminds me a little bit of Steve Smith. Okay. It really, it really does at, at the college level. Now, time will tell whether this is going to be something that, you know, is in the pros. Because in general, and I think I told you this offline, Matt, is that I'm an anti-contested catch guy at the college level. Mm-hmm. I've been burned too many times on it. You know, there's there's guys that, you know, they have all these, con- like Denzel Mims was like, was notorious for, or uh, Siegel Whiteside were these guys that were had all these contested catches. And then they get to the NFL and it just means that they can't get open. And, you know, the defensive backs are a lot better at the NFL level. So, you know, from that standpoint, I, I, I'm a little concerned. But at the same point, I mean, he really does remind me of Steve Smith, the way that he has that fight in him to get that ball. So I was pleasantly surprised when I went back and watched some of his film after he got drafted. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, Steve, Steve, Steve Smith made a career out of being very, very fluid at the line of scrimmage, avoiding jam coverages, and then making you know, contested down the field catches and very, very similar, I would say, size between them. Um, Jane Reed's birthday also was today when he was selected. So 23 years old, as Rob mentioned, he turned uh, 28 on April 28th. Eli, I'm glad you mentioned the press conferencing because I was reading, you know, some of the clips from the local beat writers. And while I was, you know, I didn't want to be listening to that while I was listening to the draft. I'm just reading it on a screen, you know, scrolling my phone. But it's awesome that getting the context from you that it seems like just his personality is, you know, a thing that the Green Bay Packers will always try to prioritize is getting good players in the locker room. Um, we already mentioned Luke, Luke Musgrave's jersey number being 88. Jaden Reed gets the number one. Uh, kind of strange first one person to wear that since Curly Lambeau since 1926. Take that for what you will. Not officially retired, but uh, someone's getting the number one jersey, which is the same jersey he wore at Michigan State before he transferred from Western Michigan. One last, um, uh, one last go thing ahead. before go we ahead. read is I did, I did want to say that I'm actually really happy that Goody overlooked the RAS thing. I think I mentioned last week. Like, Again, it's a nice tool. It's something you can use to differentiate between guys, but it cannot be. I really like this player. Let's look at the RES. Oh, it's yeah. under eight. Forget it. You know, great tape, great guy. I'm just not going to draft. Like, that's insane to me. Yes, Amari Rodgers didn't work out. Okay, not everyone's the same. RES, it is not the be all, end all of draft evaluation. So I'm happy to see that. And in terms of actually just a, a player comp, uh, I think he's actually better with the ball in his hands, but kind of like Tyler Lockett, you know, that height, able to kind of make the deep play, but also very explosive just in general. So, I mean, look, if you can turn into a Tyler Lockett-like player, that's a home run pick. Definitely. His his RAS score, too, was a 6.61. Um, I always like to pull in the considerations. You pull up, you know, all the metrics it's pulling. Scores super, super low when it comes to height and weight. Those are below 3.3 for both of them. Which, when you look at the 40 yard dash, the the 20 yard split, the 10 yard split, everything's basically eight plus. Um, you know, the 10 yard split being at 7.99. So we'll round that up for him to be an eight. So overall, the explosive metrics, he is far above the thresholds that Goody tries to get to. It's just he's being discredited for his lack of height and weight, which if you can make up with, her, with explosive plays and be lined up in different positions, that could be great. I think the big question mark will be how they integrate him into this offense between, like we said, Watson, Dobbs, and Samari Toure, whoever else they acquire through the draft, maybe some free agency, and also how they plug and play with between Luke Musgraves and their 78th overall pick being Tucker Craft. Uh, another tight end from South Dakota State. I was a little surprised right away when it's you know two tight ends. I thought as the night progressed, there was some tight ends still on the board there. But Tucker Craft, like I mentioned, another tight end, 
very similar skill set of Luke Musgrave, maybe not as, um, you know, as much of a burst or as a great straight, straight line speed as Musgrave, but a really good athlete that I think can contribute to this offense. Again, another player who maybe statistically look at and say, you know, Rob, Eli, Matt, these stats aren't great from the college level. Again, not playing at a super high profile offense, a Clemson, a Bama, a Georgia, where you're going to be able to sling the ball around and South Dakota state, more of a, you know, a traditional old school football team. Um, Rob, we'll start with you. Sorry with you on Musgrave. We'll start with you on the other tight end, Tucker Kraft. your thoughts on him as the Packers again, address not only the offensive side of the ball on day two, but address the tight end room. I feel like one of his biggest attributes, and this is something that I haven't heard mentioned on any of the broadcasts, is how good he is in contested, or not not contested catches, but I call it tight ends under duress, meaning that if there's like safeties or whoever like kind of hanging on him, he's really really good at coming back, coming down with the ball, um, and he doesn't have bad stats. I mean, in twenty twenty one, he had sixty five catches, he had six touchdowns, he had seven hundred eighty yards receiving, so. I mean, he was first-team All-American. One of the things about him is that he obviously is a guy that drew the attention of some larger programs. Um, I saw, I read that he had actually received a six-figure NIL deal offers from schools like as big as Alabama last year to go and transfer to them. So obviously, you know, if schools like Alabama are going after you to transfer, you've done something right. You put some good film out there. So... Um, I feel like he's not the best blocker in the world. That's probably his weakness. But I feel like he has kind of – he really does kind of s- slot sort of the same way as Musgrave. So it'll be interesting to see how they use these two tight ends because I guess traditionally you'd want a pass-catching tight end and more of a blocking tight end. But it seems like both of these guys are more of the kind of um, down-the-seam type of receiving tight ends. So – but I mean, it doesn't mean that he can't do it. That's the thing. I mean, he's big. I mean, he's two hundred fifty-nine pounds, six-five. He's a guy that can move for sure. And uh, I, I'm really happy with these both of these tight end picks. I had Kraft as one of my uh, on my sleeper list. He was one of my main sleepers. So I'll be excited to, uh, excited to see how he turns out with the Packers. Definitely one. You know, to mention, I think just blocking you kind of hit on that i think between what i've read between musgraves and Kraft, it seems like Kraft would be more of the blocking style tight end but you know prototypically compared to where you know a mercedes lewis compared to a tucker craft obviously tucker craft more of an explosive receiver that's going to catch the ball um did have far better stats throughout his career as i mentioned you know statistically in his final season 2022 did suffer a ankle injury earlier in the season and only finished with three touchdowns 348 yards and 27 grabs um, but overall in his career, 99, t- 99 grabs, over 1,200 yards, and nine touchdowns through 32 collegiate games. So pretty solid statistics overall, but last year a little bit underwhelming. Um, one notable note before we get to your thoughts, Eli, this is the second time, you know, or excuse me, the first time the Packers have done this, gra- grabbing two tight ends in the draft uh, since 2011, which DJ Williams, I remember at the time I was jacked up from Arkansas, he got there, and then North Carolina Tar Heel, Ryan Taylor, uh, neither of them really panned out for the Packers, so we'll see how these two gentlemen work into the Matt LaFleur offense. Eli, your thoughts on Tucker Kraft? I know you were super, super high on Musgrave. Did you have him? Did you have Kraft as a sleeper like Rob did, or what are your thoughts on the South Dakota State tight end? 
Uh, I I didn't. I mean, I, I guess I had him as a as a sleeper in general. I liked him in the draft. I thought the Packers were going to only draft probably one tight end high, yeah. so I didn't think it was going yeah. to be him. But as a second one, like I was actually a pretty big fan of the idea of drafting two tight ends. In my head, when I was thinking of it, it was Darnell Washington and someone else. So Washington, you know, more blocking, another one more receiving. But shocker, I have no issue with two receiving guys because once again, another shocker. I want more weapons for Jordan Love. And that's what Tucker Craft is. I mean, again, not the strongest of blockers, not useless, but not the strongest, but really just very good in the receiving game. And something I really liked about him from a tight end was his versatility. He has he has done snaps in line, in the slot, and from outside. He's involved in all three downs, run or pass. So he's just he's experienced. He's good. Yes, he did have that injury, which is a bit unfortunate, but I had him I had him right behind. Uh, I had him right behind. I believe Washington. I think he was my fifth ranked tight end, and we ended up with my second and fifth tight end in this draft, which I'm very excited about. And you know, Dallas Goddard coming out of South Dakota State, so that kind of makes it an easy comp. But I actually do see some similarities in their game, and we all know Dallas Goddard's obviously gone on to have a really impressive career right now. And what I like, I mean, what I would like to see out of him a bit more is maybe just like I think he's a little bit raw. Again, when it comes to blocking and learning the game at the NFL level, it might take him a little more time, let's say, than Musgrave. And I think both. And then the day we all know, tight end, it's one of those positions that it takes time to develop. It's very rare a tight end comes in as a rookie and just starts lighting up the league. You know, I'm not trying to come out here on night one and, like, make excuses for guys, but that's just how it is. Even first-round tight ends, we've seen it. It takes time. But these are two guys, I think, that could develop and have that upside, and especially with Musgrave. But in general, I think they just went, and I would say the same for Reed. You know, I think all three of these guys, you can make the argument that maybe the production wasn't elite in college or what you would have loved, but the tools and the intangibles and the upside and what the potential of all these guys can be will be smashes at the value they were gotten if they hit what the Packers are hoping that they hit. So it's exciting. You know, I would never... I'm optimistic, but I never would have dreamed to have three picks all going towards the pass catching group on night two of the draft. So I got to give props to Goody because I've been giving him a lot of crap and we'll see. Look, obviously it's night one. We have to see how these picks turn out, but I appreciate the effort, you know, because if tonight we walked out with a tight end, a defensive tackle and a safety, not that we don't need a safety and a defensive tackle, but it would be like, what are we going to do? Who are we going to throw the ball to? We don't have to ask that question anymore. We have two receiving tight ends, a receiver who we could put in the slot, put outside, put in the backfield. A lot of Malafour. Malafour's got to be very excited about the plays he could be drawing up right now. 100%. Yeah, the one thing thing I just want to point out about him, there's just one one other thing I want to point out about him, is that he's a load to take down. If you watch most of his highlights – it's he has defenders hanging all over him, but he like drags them down the field. I feel that he's going to be one of these guys that's kind of that fan favorite that everybody loves. I, I think the Tucker Craft uh, jersey is going to become very popular with Packer Nation, and he's a guy that just he he is he's a load to get down. There'd be times that he'd have four or five guys hanging all over him, and he'd be dragging these guys down the field to get extra yardage. So he's that type of player. And I think that the, it really would pump up the the other guys on the team. So, like I said, I'm I'm really excited about this pick. One of my biggest sleepers of the draft. 
Um, I thought he was going like second round. And the fact that we were able to get him at 78 is uh, very, very exciting for me. Uh, yeah. Real quick, did, uh, I don't know if either of you saw uh, the Steelers drafted Darnell Washington. Oh, they got got him at 93. So they wow. match him with Fryermuth in the tight end room. And they saw some value there. I mean, that's it's it's cool to see him finally go off the board, but I don't think anyone could have predicted that he would drop almost to the end. I mean, not to the end. He literally went to the end of the third round here. So um, another tight end off the board as we break down. I, one thing, guys, I want to bring up here is like, you know, I wonder if it, you know, not to, you know, cause any stir. I know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers was officially traded this week to the Jets, but I wonder if it was came to the point now where it's like, okay, we don't have Rodgers anymore, and Matt Lafleur can run his offense a little bit more effectively. He can get these tight ends that we can throw the ball to down the seam, where Rodgers really didn't want to prioritize those in the offense. They never really had that. They never really went out and got those guys for them. He, there's been. You know, comments in the past from his former tight ends and just how the offense was ran of him not you know, trying to see those guys in the team. I wonder if that was a little bit of caveat to there, not to stir anything, but it seems interesting that just the way they're kind of trending with this these selections, it's like more of a, we're going to give as many pieces of this offense as we can to make it flourish, not only for Matt LaFleur, but also to give Jordan Love some opportunity. So interesting as we go forward. The one thing I do want to bring up, Eli, that you mentioned, I think is, super critical to remind people on is you talked about rookie tight ends, right? Like let's not forget that most rookie tight ends, if not all aren't great in their first year. So when the Packers select two of them this year and they both have, let's say 300 yards or 400 yards a piece for, you know, combined 50, you know, 50 catches, let's not all freak out and think it was an absolute bust. And when Jaden Reed doesn't go, you know, and have, you know, 900 yards and maybe has a case of the drops like Devontae Adams in his first couple of years, let's also not freak out on them either. But I think the the main one is like, let's don't overreact to, you know, two tight ends are going to be fighting for the ball as rookies because they traditionally don't perform that well offensively. Um, but things will things will, I think, blossom for this offense. It's going to be a new wave of an offense for the Packers. I'm excited to see what happens in day three, you guys presumably they don't pick here where I'd pick 94 right now, the Arizona Cardinals. So I doubt they're going to be trading back in, but real quick, just so everyone knows on day three for Saturday, as you're listening to this, what selections are we looking for? So Packers have round four pick 116. Um, that is their own pick round five pick 149. They also have pick one. Oops, excuse me. They have pick 159 that in round five that they got from the Jags through the Falcons and Lions into round six, they have pick 179. They also have round pick 207 that they got from, I believe from the Rogers trade. Then they have three, excuse me, four round sevens, <laughs> pick 232, 235, 242, 256. I would imagine Goody is going to be moving some of those round seven picks to trade i i don't know i just don't see them making it. this would be two four six eight nine selections still oh, if my yes. if i'm able to still count so i don't believe they're going to leave with nine selections if they do um god god only knows if it's going to be more tight ends more receivers but i think it's gonna be interesting to see how day three shakes out where the where they end up prioritizing eli already mentioned defensive tackle i think safety would be a great one but Overall, I would I wouldn't be shocked if they come away with more 
offensive selections. I guess, do you guys have a prediction how many more, I guess, receivers, tight ends, running backs they'll select? I'll put the over-under at two and a half. Yeah, yeah. the thing is with that, um, you know, I think with Mason Crosby's career probably coming to an end, uh, they may use one of those seventh-round picks on a kicker, um, you know, for stockpiling. Um, I also think, you know, we could use some depth along the offensive line. We definitely safeties a need. Uh, safety was very weak this year. So I think there's only been like three or four safeties picked so far. So that would be maybe a target that we could come up with that. I think our offensive line could use some depth. I, I think I mentioned that. We probably could use a running back as well. So, and maybe even, I mean, you don't know. There's plenty of receivers out there. That was the one thing I thought about this, rece- this receiver class is I thought that the, the top wasn't great. But I felt like kind of that second and third tier at wide receiver was very, very strong. That there was about 15 guys that kind of uh, were in that kind of next category down, tier two and tier three. So there's plenty of receivers left. Um, I think we probably could add one of those. And also, I mean, believe it or not, we need a quarterback. Is Danny Etling going to be the answer as a backup quarterback? Um, Could look at guys like uh, Stetson Bennett. Could be a guy that could step in and maybe be a backup for Jordan Love. Uh, that could learn the offense. And there's a couple other guys out there that I feel that could really step in and be that number two quarterback for us. I would love a Stetson Bennett selection. Big fan of that. Um, Eli, your predictions as we finish up with those, what did I say, seven picks um, on day three. Any hyperboles, takes, any 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 thoughts? Yeah, well, first off, I have to start now with Stetson Bennett only because being the degenerate that I am, I put down some money that the Packers would draft him. So let's hope, <laughs> let's hope that happens. Um, but wait, did you say seven or nine picks tomorrow? I thought you said nine. I think it was, what did I say? Seven, nine? I don't know. It's quite a few. A, a lot. Well, yes. like you said, the, I, you don't need that many picks. I just don't think that makes sense. You should be trading about back up into the fifth or sixth, whatever. Um, and speaking of safeties, the Packers need right now. Jordan Battle was just picked to the Bengals. Oh, That's yeah. disappointing because I yeah. have been very high on him. That was the guy but, I was targeting too. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I was hoping he would somehow get to day four. Maybe we can make it work. But yeah, like like you said, uh, safety, uh, defensive tackle, cornerback could be something that is an underrated thing that they target. Definitely think a kicker and a quarterback and a running back, like all those kind of like depth, you know, just what what we're going to need because we don't have a lot of bodies. But when you brought up the original question about receivers, I would expect at least one more receiver and then probably a running back. So your line of two and a half, I'll have some fun and say the over considering they have 700 picks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if it's not the over, I think it's just there at two. Yeah, I'm going to, first of all, uh, Jordan Battle being selected by the Bengals, smart on them as they replace Jesse Bates, who goes to Atlanta. Um, it is nine picks. Eli, thank you for reminding me, even though you have the worst memory out of all three of us, as you remind <laughs> us in the Twitter DMs today. But it is nine selections. There's no way they're picking that many. I think kicker something to consider. Definitely a running back. I'm going to say um, they'll go over the two and a half just with a combination of some receivers. Doubt it would be another tight end. Maybe it will be one late, but I think it'll go over two and a half as far as the weapons we go. If they stay at nine, if they don't, and they consolidate down, um, you know, so be it. But I'm excited for you know the end of tonight just to see what selections you know go, who's left for day three that we can all sit up late and you know see and you know pontificate over who they could pick at that pick one sixteen to start on day three. But I know for one thing, you guys, the best thing that I did this morning was. 
you know, got up, grabbed some coffee, and watched slash listened to Andy's content he put out on YouTube last night between the Luke Van Ness breakdown and just kind of what he predicted to happen um, on day two. Basically, he's nailed it thus far. I mean, it was pretty obvious, I think, though, that it's like it would be a ton of offensive weapons. Thus far, that has remained true, but I know tomorrow morning I'm going to be really excited to get up, listen to what Andy's got to say about Luke Musgrave, what he's got to say about Jaden Reed and Tucker Craft on Pack-A-Day Podcast on the YouTube side. Of course, Andy will also be breaking down day three on the podcast side for your Sunday episode. So whether it's nine selections, seven, four, five, ten, twelve, Andy will be breaking that all down on the podcast side as well as I'm sure I'm putting out multiple videos. He might have even put one out since we've been recording this on the Pack-A-Day podcast YouTube side. Um, so make sure you guys are checking us all out there because as this draft winds up, we have a ton of analysis to get to. Not only will the recap um, you know, commence, I guess would be on the first. So that would be, what is that, Monday? Um, Andy will do a full NFL breakdown, but then... All of us are going to go back and do some deep dives on you know, round one, two, three, et cetera. Look at the UDFAs that come out throughout the end of the week. Look at some special team stuff that's getting in there. Um, but it's going to be a ton of draft content as we recap. So if you miss some stuff early in the week, go back and archive it on the YouTube side or the podcast side and continue to support Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can find all my content. Um on my Twitter feed, that's basically where I live and always trying to push everyone's content that we're a part of on Pack-A-Day Podcast or anyone I really, really support um, on Twitter with the Packers news. Um, like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Rob, I don't know if your draft analysis uh, commences, if it increases what happens from here on out for you on the draft side, but um, let everyone know where they can get all your t- content and everything you're putting out these days. Yeah, uh, thanks, man. Uh, on Twitter, uh, at NFL Draft Regs, R-E-G-S. And uh, I, I appear daily on 97.3 The Game, uh, the radio uh, in Milwaukee, and talk about the draft. And actually uh, nailed the Luke Musgrave pick exactly today. And uh, also nailed the uh, the Lucas Van Ness yesterday. And, and there was no surprise uh, in my in my boat. I was sitting back, chilling out, and I knew they were going to pick an edge rusher, and uh, they did. So uh, <laughs> that was that. So 97.3 The Game, the Drew and KB show uh, is kind of my go-to place, as well as Twitter. And, uh, I mean, I guess it's a little bit too late for the Cheesehead TV draft guide, but um, maybe for dra- for uh, day three, you could pick that up really quick. Um, I write for that as well. And I wrote a big profile on Tucker Craft. That you wrote months and months ago that you forgot about that you absolutely, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, you, two mo- you yeah, crushed. Yeah, two months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, two, it's two months ago two months ago i did uh i did the um a preview or a profile on uh non-power five sleeper picks for the packers and tucker craft uh made the cut love it that's awesome eli let everyone know the content you're putting out these days and where can can find it find everything that you're doing yeah uh as always you could really just you're gonna find everything i'm doing over on twitter at book of eli underscore nfl uh whatever writing i'll be doing will be over at packreport.com i'm sure i'll be doing some in the aftermath of the draft, but uh, yeah, just uh, excited for day three of the draft here. Excited to see who's left for the Packers, and I think I think we're definitely off to a strong start. Absolutely, I'm excited for day three to see who they acquire. The UDFAs, I'm always pretty pumped about too as we get through that because there's you know maybe some local guys get get snagged up. There's some you know guys that maybe just had some bad situations, injuries, transfer portal stuff. 
coaching situations. I'm excited to see who they require. Every year there's a couple that I'm super excited about. I remember the last couple of years, uh, Danny Davis from the Badgers, Stanford Samuels, who didn't work out. Neither of them did. It just gets me excited for a month for no reason other than just to you know speculate where they could transfer into the Packers team and where they can contribute on a 90-man roster. But um, for Rob Rieger, Eli Berkovitz, I'm Matt Freilich. We appreciate everyone on the draft episodes leading up to this have supported check out Andy's day three recap on Sunday, as long as, as well as all of the YouTube content he's putting out on pack a day podcast on the YouTube side. And as always, boys go. Right, back right, go. Right.